0: morning about uh, three almost four minutes after 10 o'clock i'm brian race our time with our bible teacher ray haynes uh, continues i hope you were with us a few minutes ago fascinating analysis of how we got the name of jesus introduced uh, into our language and uh, you were talking about the name yeshua give us sure. some more insights on the name of our savior and you know the, this all kind of started because i i we we we've always known that certain books of the new testament uh had been written in the hebrew language just because there was referrals to them Uh, by ancient folks and we have fragments of many of those books, all the Gospels, Revelation, many of Paul's letters, we have fragments of the Hebrew uh, versions of those and uh, what I didn't know for a long time is we had the whole book of Matthew which was a wonderful uh, treasure uh, in Hebrew and the reason there's just an example of why we would know Greek wasn't an original language in a book, right? If you uh, have a scripture like an angel coming. to to mary and to joseph saying and you shall call his name jesus because he will save his his uh... this people from their sins well that's a pretty good clue right there because jesus doesn't have a meaning it was a greek word that literally came into uh... to replace the word joshua but in and of itself it didn't mean anything it's just a greek word so we knew you know that that had to be some word in Hebrew that actually means salvation, which would be Yeshua. So, you knew already, even before you could find all the evidence, that that particular book, uh... Be, just because the phrasing of that had something to do. Same thing as if you look in the Lord's Prayer, you may, people may ask why am I asking for God to forgive all of my debts or all of my sins? Because Matthew and Luke say it differently. And the reason for that was it's pretty good evidence that the book of Luke was um predominantly taken from a Greek perspective, because if you ask a If you said in Greek, forgive me of my debts, they would just look at you very confused. It would be like asking you, God, forgive me of my mortgage. Because it's not a Greek idea, but it is a very Hebrew idea. So Matthew says, forgive me of my debts. So there's a lot of these little clues in it. So this kind of goes to that. When the angel says, you shall name him Yeshua, and he will save his people from their sins. And throughout the entire Old Testament, the word for salvation is Yeshua, and so all of the prophecies that talked about him were were prophesying of Yeshua. So when he comes up and is named Yeshua... You know, everybody goes, mm, hmm, hmm. So, it's, God's not trying to make it complicated. He's trying to make it simple and he's trying to save his people. So, where did this name Yeshua come from? There's actually more to the story. So, let's go back. We're, of course, looking through. I come in to teach about the Feast of Israel, which means I'm a little overly obsessed with the entire Exodus time period. And this is where the name Yeshua comes from. At the edge of the Promised Land, the 12 tribes are told to each choose a tribal prince or a leader who spies out the land right well the tribe of Ephraim chose Hosea who had been Moses's right-hand man in the journey now you know him as Joshua because our English language Bibles did that to you but that wasn't his name it was Hosea and Hosea means salvation it's H-O-S-H-E-A when you transliterate it. The root of his name is Yasha, and Yeshah means to save. So it's the same kind of concept, saving, being saved, or salvation. Now here's the interesting part. They've got 12 spies, 11 of them line up in a line. They're ready to head into land, but this Hoshea comes up to Moses, and Moses immediately changes his name right on the spot. Now, he's been his assistant for all this time, but suddenly he says this, Numbers 13, 16, These are the names of the men whom Moses has sent to spy the land. Moses called Hoshea the son of Nun, Yehoshua. And it was like, what? Where did that come from? And almost every English language version translate his name as immediately becoming Joshua. And and Moses called Hoshea the son of Nun, Joshua. Well, that's just a real discredit, but Again, that's our our translators. That shortened name, Joshua, or Yeshua, wouldn't be used for over a thousand years, so translators should never have done that. But here's what they did. They had Hosea, and they had the the root, so they create the new name, Moses, uh, created Yehoshua. He did this, took the root of Hosea, which is that Yasa name, and he added the name of God, Yehovah, to it, which created Yehoshua. Yet, Yeshua means Yehovah is salvation. Now, English Bibles translate it, the Lord is salvation. Again, they took his name out, which eliminates the presence of Jehovah's connection to the name, which is unbelievably terrible when you see all that happens in the Old Testament and why you need that name. And just, just as a reminder of what, Jesus, what God said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the Father, Jehovah, the only true God, and Yeshua, the Messiah, the one who sent you. So our eternal life is knowing the Father and the Son, not just one. Yeshua was the first person to bear the name of Jehovah within his name. It had never been done before. Jeremiah 23, 6 says that those four letters that make up the name of God, God, Yadhe Vadhe, Y-H-V-H, will be the name of the Messiah. And here's what Jeremiah 23, 6 says. In his day, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called. Jehovah is our righteousness. And if you look, there is plenty of verses in the Old Testament that say when the Savior comes, his name will be Jehovah. And see, that doesn't make any sense to us because we know that it's uh, Jesus that becomes the Savior. But when you know that the name of Yeshua or Yeshua actually includes the name Yehovah in it, it makes a lot more sense because there is a tie-in that goes all the way back from the time of Moses. Now, around the, round, the year 538 uh, B.C., a shortened version of that name, they started to, like all of us do, change the way we say things, and Yeshua becomes Yeshua. It still means the exact same thing. Yehovah is salvation. It's just shorter. But think of it this way. Yehovah and Yeshua. It kind of sounds like a father and son, doesn't it? It sounds like there's a DNA there. And Deuteronomy 6.4 is what's called the Shema. The transliteration of the Hebrew would be Shema Yisrael, Yehovah Eloheinu, Yehovah Echad, which means hero Israel, Yehovah is our God, Jehovah is one. Now, of course, they won't say the name. They'll say, Hero Israel, Adonai is our God. Adonai is one, not his name. That's a title. In English, we say, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Also, not true. His name is Jehovah. And so you can't just rearrange it like the translators do. The Shema is fascinating because you can look in the old, obviously, the manuscripts and see his name right there, Jehovah. Uh, there's one from the 10th century uh, in the Damascus crown where you can read the Shema there and I have some of these graphics and I'll put up in in our blog. The Jews consider the Shema to be the most important verse in the Bible. Jewish martyrs proclaimed it as they were being put to death there is even an old custom of proclaiming it on your deathbed so you leave this world with it on your lips sadly for the last 1900 years they've said it without actually speaking his name because that's, and again, that's the struggle I'm having with the rabbinic and orthodox folks, is they've taken the name of God from their people, and they're the ones that are given the name of God. So that scripture in Deuteronomy 6 goes on. Uh, not only do we, is our God one, it says, love Jehovah your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And when Jesus was talking, he also, somebody asked him, what's the most important commands? He added from Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Fear Yehovah your God. Serve him only and, are you ready? Swear by his name. <laughs> He's actually commanded it. And they will not even speak his name. So it just, you know, it's beyond silly. The name of God is mentioned three times in the Shema for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because God is, I am, past, present, and future. Now here's a little tidbit of trivia. If you ever learn Hebrew... You'll, you'll discover that this word, I am, the name of God, that eh, hey, yeah, I am, the fact that God describes himself as I am has created one of the more fascinating qualities of the Hebrew language because only God is in the present tense. They don't say, I am hungry. They say, I'm hungry. It's almost like a child would say, because you're taking out the first person. They don't say, that table is big. They say, that table big. (laughs) They can say, I was hungry, or I will be hungry, but not, I am hungry there is no is or am in hebrew the present tense of the verb to be is reserved only for use by god alone so only god can say i am he's the central focus of the entire language so you when you read in the new testament when someone asks jesus if he's god or to make some declaration and he says i am and nobody ever explained why that was so significant but the point is There's no other purpose for saying that phrase unless you're God. So that's why that caused people to want to kill him all the time, because he was using a phrase solely used by God. You alluded to to the fact that uh, at Victory.Radio on the blog, there'll be some uh, some graphics, some charts, uh, some some details.